Hey, hey, welcome back. I'm super excited you're here. Truthfully, I'm always excited to be here. So I'm sure that you read the title of today's episode and thought food shaming. What statements is she even talking about? And what is she talking about how to respond? Now, I know it probably seems weird that a personal trainer is doing a podcast episode on food shaming, but the reason I am is because I have seen statements and things happen in many of my clients' lives that affect them for years to come. So I figured I want to kind of dive into this topic, especially as the holidays are coming up. But first, we kind of got to start with the basics. So what is food shaming? Food shaming is basically criticizing someone for anything that they're eating, whether it's good or bad, whatever it is, you're criticizing them. And honestly, it runs rapid during the holidays and really just in general in our everyday conversations with friends, families, um, family members, strangers, whatever. It actually is super common. It's just little comments here and there made either to us or to people around us or maybe even by us to other people. Now, my issue with food shaming is that it is often done in a very passive way. So people don't even realize what they're doing and they don't realize they are hurting other people, but it doesn't change the fact that food shaming can actually drastically hurt other people when it's talked about or when things are said when someone is in the room. So let's actually talk about some of these common statements and how we can handle them and how our responses can end the conversation and help keeping us feel confident and get us out of that food shaming moment. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Okay, so here's the deal. What someone chooses to eat or even not to eat can deeply be a personal choice especially if they're struggled with body image issues or weight or their relationship with food. Now, when I say relationship with food, that can vary so much. Someone could be trying to eat healthier, which is improving their relationship with food. Someone else could be trying to not be so restrictive because they've had an eating disorder or struggled with food. Other people can be trying to not fear food or not obsess over food. And others simply are trying to intuitively eat and just not worry about food and learn to connect with food based on their hunger cues. And then there's even those who are completely content with how they eat, and these statements can make them second-guess their choices. So anytime we're making certain statements about food, it doesn't matter what someone's relationship is with food, it can affect it negatively. Because as I explained, you know, those handful of relationship statuses with food, they're all very different, but they all can be affected by these statements. So in general, when someone chooses to diet or restrict what they're doing during the holidays, or really, I'm going to say during the holidays, but this really can be at any point. When they choose to diet or restrict at any point during the holidays or not is their choice. When someone chooses to have moderation and enjoy the holidays, it is their choice. When someone chooses to indulge fully in the holidays and not worry about it at all, that is their choice. And as friends and family members of those people, we are not the police and our friends and family are also not the food police for us. And so we don't need to be making these statements because it makes people uncomfortable no matter what their choice is. 
So let's get into some of these statements. I know you guys are going to be nodding along with me because I know you have heard these statements said to you, said to someone else, or maybe even said by you. So we're going to try to cut that out too. The first statement is, how many calories are in that? Now, I could be incorrect, but I am like 99.999% sure that nobody has ever asked another person that if she is like eating celery and drinking water. Most of the time when people are making that statement, they are implying that what you are having is a lot, if that makes sense. So the person who is eating the food instantly feels attacked. They might think, oh my gosh, is this a lot? Is this too much? Should I say I don't know how much is in it? Should I lie? Should I pretend I don't know or I'm confused by how much is in it? Instantly, they feel like they're on the spot and feel uncomfortable. So that's a tricky situation where you feel like no matter how you respond, you're uncomfortable and ashamed of your choice to eat that food. In that moment, I would respond, this is the right amount of food for what I want to eat in this moment. I don't care if that food item has seven calories in it or 700 calories in it. The person who asked you, it's none of their business. If they're really curious, they can Google it. And you can even say to them, I don't know, Google it. (laughs) You don't have to tell them. You don't even have to look. It's none of their business. You can just say, I don't know. It's the right amount for what I want to eat in this moment. Then my best suggestion is to ask them a question about themselves to change the subject. How is work going? How is Kaylee's soccer practice going? Is she succeeding? Any question you want, which will instantly change the subject and you have moved on and there doesn't need to be any follow-up questions. So I want you to remember that little response if you were ever asked that question. The next thing that I commonly hear, and this actually isn't a question stated towards someone, but it is a statement in general, is, I know I shouldn't eat this. Now, I know many times people mean nothing by this, and they don't realize that they could be creating guilt for themselves, and they're creating guilt for people around them, and that includes their children. If you're saying, I shouldn't be eating this, you're saying that your choice is bad, and anyone else in the room who's making that choice, they are making a bad choice. The tricky part about this is this is a super common statement and people don't even realize they're doing it. And you also don't know everyone's situation in the room and how it could be damaging their relationship with food. I promise you, you are not sinning against any health gods if you eat a cookie. If you have a scoop of ice cream, you will survive. You will not gain weight. It is not going to be a crisis. And we don't need to shame everything we eat that maybe isn't perfectly healthy. Let's just have that item and move on because often... We shame that item saying, oh, I shouldn't eat this, and that creates guilt, and then that guilt carries on to the next day, and then we try to undereat, and then we overeat, and then we create this bad relationship with food. There is no need to dwell on what you're eating. Enjoy the food and move on. We always allow the guilt to take over, and then we feel like we failed. I know I talked about this in the Progress versus Perfection podcast, but we feel like we failed, and we assume, well... If I failed, screw it, then I'm going to eat another one. And then we have another one. And then before we know it, we're going down the slide of Candyland, having, you know, sugar gumdrop trees and roads lined with suckers, all because of guilt, which doesn't even need to be there. I did an Instagram story in October, right around um, Halloween. And I put up one of those candy charts where it shows like the candy bar and then it shows like the amount of burpees you need to do or whatever the exercise. I 
literally loathe those charts. I do not like them because all that's doing is saying, if you eat this piece of candy, then you need to like make up for it by doing this exercise. For one, it's creating a negative relationship with exercise. You should exercise because you love your body. You should not exercise because you ate a piece of candy. That is not creating a good connection with exercise and yourself to be able to enjoy it. So I don't love those charts because again, it hurts your relationship with food. So just like during Halloween and just like during the holidays, if you have something that maybe you wouldn't normally or something that you would normally say, I shouldn't eat this, don't say that. Don't say that. Get the portion that you want. Don't scarf it down. Sit down and enjoy the food you are eating. Slow down. Enjoy it guilt-free and move on. I know I said that like kind of awkwardly and slow, but I seriously mean it. Enjoy the food and move on. Now, when someone is making this statement around you and it's making you feel uncomfortable, you can just respond with a simple statement back like, I'm honoring my hunger cues. I believe in moderation. Instantly, it's saying, it's okay, you know, to eat this item or I'm okay with eating this item. And then the next best thing you can do if you want to get out of this conversation is again, ask them a question. Do you have any big goals next year? What did you do in the summer? Did you do any fun activities? How did you guys handle quarantine? Did you have any cool games you played with your family? Anything. Ask them anything and the conversation will be over and you will be out of this statement that makes you feel uncomfortable. All right. Now, this next statement is actually not a statement. It's going to go back to the question part of food shaming. And it's when somebody says to you, I'm shocked that you will eat that. Or are you getting second helpings? Or did you get second helpings? The problem with this is it makes us feel like people are judging what we are doing. So whether you are making the statement or whether you are hearing the statement, it's very uncomfortable and creates a lot of shame. Again, when someone makes this statement, I would quickly respond, I'm honoring my hunger cues. That's all you need to say. If they say, I'm shocked you'd eat that much, I'm honoring my hunger cues. You know, if they say, are you getting second helpings? I'm honoring my hunger cues. There's no need to explain to them. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to tell anyone why you are doing what you're doing. And really, if you're the one asking the question, it's none of your business. It's okay. Just use that statement and move on. You don't need to explain anything to them. And then again, follow up with a follow-up question so that you can get out of that conversation. You can simply say, I'm honoring my hunger cues. Hey, I have a really fun game to play. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Instantly, you've moved on, conversation's over, and you don't have to explain to a single soul why you are getting seconds. It just simply doesn't matter. And if you are the one asking that question, please stop asking it because it could be making that person very uncomfortable. Okay, now we're going to get into two questions that can commonly be asked or stated when someone is trying to eat healthier and how it affects people around them. So, Something that I commonly see among clients or with friends or family members or whatever it is, is someone will offer someone something and they'll say, I can't have that. I am on a diet. That's the statement. I can't have that. I am on a diet. Honestly, it's fantastic. You're on a hot diet. It's great. You're trying to improve your health, but it's not my favorite statement because what you're implying is that what they are offering you, what they're giving you is bad. And maybe it's not the most healthy, but honestly, it may not even be bad. For example, 
she could be eating, your friend could be eating an apple and maybe you're trying to do a low carb diet and she says, hey, you want some apple? And you're saying, I can't have that, I'm on a diet. That's a totally healthy food. Apples are good for you. But depending on the diet, there can be some foods cut out that aren't even bad. So whether the foods you're cutting out are good or bad, it's implying that the person who is not dieting is eating bad and that can create shame for that person. So the point is, whatever they're eating, it makes them feel stupid about that choice and second guess their choice. So if you're on a diet, that's fantastic. But I encourage you to just respond, no thank you. It's three words and you don't have to explain anything and you can continue doing what you're doing and that person who is offering it to you doesn't have to feel stupid for offering you something that you couldn't eat. So just say, no thank you or I am not hungry And again, ask them a question about themselves and you have moved on. Simple as that. No shame or guilt for anybody. Now, this is kind of a follow up, almost like a part two to the I can't have that I'm on a diet. When you say that, if you say no, thank you and don't move on. Or if you're just out of function, sometimes I've seen people say this. I've had it said to me and it's an uncomfortable statement, which makes everyone feel uncomfortable. It is when you say no, thank you to a food item and someone says, of course, you're not eating that because you're so healthy. Or, of course, you don't eat things like that. The problem with this statement is that it makes the person who is making a food choice for themselves that is nobody's business uncomfortable, and it harms everyone else in the room. So let me give you an example of this. When probably six years ago, I worked, oh, longer than six years, maybe eight or nine years ago, I worked with the youth, the teenage girls in my church. And they were 13, 14, 15, 16. And I went to an activity and there was another leader who would make statements like this often or just some of these statements that I've explained. And it was hard for me. And I remember that she we had an activity and we were having scones. And honestly, I don't really like scones. I just I never have. I'm not. I know some people there. I know your jaw has dropped open that I don't love rolls or scones. I really love like ice cream with or cookies with ice cream on top, stuff like that. But I just, I don't love scones. I never have. I never will. And we're having an activity and they're serving scones at it. And all these cute little teenage girls are getting their scones and putting their honey on it and having a great old time talking to each other. And another leader says to me, are you going to have some scones? And I said, no, thank you. And she said, oh, of course you don't eat that because you're so healthy. My heart. Oh, I'm sorry. My heart dropped because of all those cute little 14, 15, 16-year-old girls and their faces. Because what that leader was implying without realizing that she was implying it was, all of you guys are making a bad choice. You're eating something unhealthy. And we have no idea how that affects people down the road. And it made me so mad. Oh my gosh, I was so mad. I wanted to kick that other leader in the face (laughs) because I knew that. I knew how much food affects people. And so instantly when she said that, I didn't know how to handle that situation. And you better believe that I grabbed a scone and I covered it in honey because I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want those girls to feel guilty. I didn't want to food shame them as I knew the consequences of doing stuff like that. And so I ate a scone, which I don't like scones. (laughs) And I chomped down this scone. And now looking back, I've learned so much, you know, in the last eight years, that another way to respond to that situation would have been just 
no, I just truly don't like scones. If this was, like I said, if this was ice cream and cookies, I would be all over it. Instantly, I'm not having to make that choice, but I am not degrading the choice they are making to have that. And that is the fine line where you are not making other people feel bad. And that at that moment, I didn't know how to handle that. So all I did was say, oh my gosh, I got to have it because I don't want these cute, you know, 14, 15 year olds to feel bad. But now I would say, oh, no, I just don't love scones. If this was a pizookie, you know, hot cookie with ice cream, I'd be all over it like white on rice. Okay, that's all I had to say. So if you are ever in a situation and someone says that to you, be aware of who's around you. Or if you are the person saying that, be aware that it may not be affecting you, but it could be affecting Tina, who is standing next to you, who has an eating disorder, who for the first time might have thought, oh, I'm going to have a bite of this scone. And then you've made that statement and it just crushed her soul. So you got to be aware of those things. Um, Whether you're saying it or whether it's being said to you, you have to be aware of who is around you because these statements can stick with people for years. And we don't know where people are in their food relationship to be making them at all. So we really shouldn't be. And her making that statement truly invaded my abilities to make choices for myself of the foods I want and truly just hurt everyone else in the room who was eating that food when truly I just didn't like scones. I didn't want one. So I want you to be aware of that statement. Do not make that statement if you were seeing someone else who is healthy, who says, I don't want to eat that or not healthy or whatever, even if it's a friend who normally eats that and she's saying, I don't want that. Let her make that choice. Do not say anything else to her. It is her choice to make that choice. So that's kind of my piece on that. That is a tricky one because it really, um, I feel like that's a really common one when people are trying to make changes that other people will shame them for trying to make those changes. And that's wrong. And trust me, I get that majority of these statements are said with zero malice and they are not meant to hurt people. But we can't change the fact that it does influence our relationship with food and people around us, including our kids. When we are always making statements like, I can't eat that, I'm on a diet, or I shouldn't be eating this because it's not good for me, or I'm so bad for eating this, they hear us. And the odd part is, is a lot of times they are eating that food too. So what are we telling them about food? So I think it's important for us just to be careful about what we are saying and how we are saying it, because especially with children, they're very malleable and they are building their own relationship. And we want to make sure that we are building positive relationships with food for our children. That experience with the scones, obviously I don't hate scones. They're okay, but it was an easy pass up for me. They just weren't my favorite. But I was so concerned about those girls and their relationship with food because I knew that they knew I was into fitness. I knew they knew I was a trainer. I knew they knew that I cared about health and I didn't want them to feel guilty about their choices because that just creates negativity around food. And we already get so much negativity around food in magazines and social media and from so many sources that we don't need to bring it into our homes and our surroundings ourselves. Now, I am not a therapist, nor do I claim to be, but I heard so many stories from clients about small statements like this that were made to them during the holidays while out with a friend, while with a sibling or a mother at any point in their life and has just carried so much guilt and shame with them. And there are so many of these statements. I only listed, what, three or four that were really, really common, but there's so many. Even if you think about someone who you may know and you think you know them well, you don't always see behind closed doors and we don't always know what's going on. So the best thing we can do is not to make these statements, which can be triggering 
for a friend and we may not know it. It may be triggering for someone else in the room. Or if they're being said to you, they can be very triggering for you. And we want to really work on having a healthy relationship with food and not you know, bundling it up in shame because that makes being healthy negative. And being healthy and making choices is a positive thing. And having moderation is a positive thing. I know for those who know me really well, no, I do not believe in 100% clean diet. I am not a fully clean eater. I cannot live like that. It is not who I am as a human. And so I believe in 80-20. I definitely will have my share of things that others may say, oh, that's not healthy. But I, I care about my relationship with food and making sure that it's balanced because you can't have an all or nothing diet with food. You have to find some moderation. And I think if we can avoid some of these statements, it helps us find moderation better as we work with our relationship with food. Food is hard for so many people. And I think if we could just cut out some of these statements out of our communication, it would literally be better for everyone because no matter what someone's relationship is with food, we can all work on improving it and kind of staying out of each other's relationship with food. And if someone is making these statements to you, I want you to remember the game plan. I taught you the statements that you're going to say. I might need you to write them down. If you're going to lunch with your friend that makes these statements, if you're going to holiday dinner and your mom makes these statements, write them down. You can even put it on your palm. No one will see it. And then you can look at your palm and you know the game plan. You are going to respond. I'm eating the amount for what I want in this moment. No, thank you. I'm not hungry right now. I am honoring my hunger cues. I believe in food moderation and freedom. And then ask them a question and change the subject. Those are just a handful of statements to help in the conversation, be clear, not create more shame around it, not create stress, not do anything, but say your piece and move on. Ask them a question and get on to something you guys really care about, like, you know, a fun activity for the weekend or anything, something that makes you laugh, something that's more enjoyable to talk about than just food over dinner. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, what if I really am curious about why she's eating the way she is? Or what if I really do want to know about that diet? How do I ask her? In those moments, I would suggest that you do it one-on-one. So you can just send that person a text and say, hey, I'd really love to know about your diet or how you're eating, or I'd love you to teach me about why you're doing that for health, or pull them aside. That is a perfect situation where we can learn and grow. I love learning why people are doing things. I love learning about health and fitness and nutrition and all kinds of things. I just make sure not to bring it up in front of large groups of people or over, you know, a big meal at a dinner table where there's lots of people because I don't know everyone's relationship with food and I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. So do it on a one-on-one situation with that person and then you don't have to worry about how you're affecting anyone else's relationship with food. And honestly, if you are the one who is on the diet or changing your habits, Don't bring it up over dinner either because I don't know about you, but I've definitely been at dinners where I'm eating and I'm listening for 20 minutes hearing someone else talk about why they can't eat what I am eating in that very moment. And it's really awkward for me. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, as I take another bite. So don't do that either. Just if you want to share with someone, let them ask you. You don't need to proclaim to the world why you're doing things. Let people come to you because they'll see your example if it's something that they want to try. And if not, let them be who they are and don't say anything. It just works the best for everybody. And once you've made this statement and you've moved on and changed the subject, bam, give yourself a pat on the back. You handled that situation like a champion. And I am proud of you. And when you do it, I want you to seriously pat yourself on the back and remember, I can do this. I don't need to feel guilty over these statements. I don't need to overthink these statements. 
you are better than that. You don't need to get involved in the food shaming, whether you are doing it or whether it's being done to you. Move on and just change the subject. So that's it for today. With the holidays coming, whether you're going to see your family or not see your family, remember these are all statements that are no, no. We don't need them in our life and we know how to handle them and we know how to respond and change the subject. If this podcast was helpful for you, I would love if you would share it on your social media. You can put it in your stories and tag me. I love seeing when I'm tagged and I love knowing that you related to something that I talked about. Also, don't forget to go to wherever you listen to your podcast and click at the top and subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. I have some awesome episodes coming. I love being here every week with you coming from my closet and my slippers. I'm glad that you're here and we will chat next week. <laughs>